Welcome back to Reflections of Darkness. This is your gorgeous drag hostess evil, coming to you from my lay of eternal damnation. Well, it's Valentine's Day. I hope all my listeners out there in podcast land are getting lots of chocolates and lots of roses and lots of dick. <laughs> I mean, lots of dick. <laughs> well, whatever or whomever you're out there doing tonight, I hope you're enjoying it thoroughly. And what Valentine's Day would be complete without a little darkness? Tonight's episode is a Valentine's Day staple. Well, actually, two staples, plus a surprise guest. Well, we hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody out there in podcast land. Tonight's movie is My Bloody Valentine. And because of some uh, tech snafus... Possibilities? Yes, uh, yes, possibilities. Um, I watched My Bloody Valentine 1981, the original, and our guest tonight which you just heard his voice our returning guest sister christopher watched Hi there. my bloody valentine from 2009, 2009. yes so <laughs> we decided to push on with the episode <laughs> even though this is going to be some sort of shit show uh so yeah i i mean i personally love the original my bloody valentine i have the extended edition uh, yeah. With the extra cutout footage. Everything. I love it. It's one of the, like, best slashers I... there is. Oh. Oh. Cla- it is a classic pre- pre-Freddy slasher. Yes. Right? Like, that's that's first wave, um, Friday the 13th. This is like this is this is before slasher movies got super jokey. They're still very rooted in mystery as, as right. the driving force. Um beautiful i mean also beautiful movie i can talk about it too i've seen yes. obviously i've seen both and i'm a huge fan right um the, the the most interesting feature about the remake is that it's my bloody valentine 3d so there's it? yeah so there's all these shots that are like right out of friday 13th part three where it's, it's like just pool cue or obviously yeah. yeah just like zooming into objects in and out it's just I hate completely crazy there's somebody from Dawson's Creek in it, and like nobody else that you've ever heard of. Well, no, you've got the it's... guy from Supernatural, right? Oh, that's right. The main guy, the hot guy, yeah. Dean from Supernatural. Yeah. Dean from Supernatural is in it. Yes, yes. He looks very generic. Uh, he's just hot white boy. That's what he is. That's I mean, his thing. That's his thing. Okay, well, let me go a little bit through the first part of 81. Yeah. Um, it has a great opening. You've got two miners in a mine, dark, the headlamps. And they are just walking down this mine shaft. And then all of a sudden, one of them starts to take their clothes off. And it's a woman. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, how much hotter would this be if, like, one of the, like, actual miners starts taking his clothes off? And it's, like, this totally weird gay, like, encounter in the mine, you know? Come down my shaft. You know, all that stuff. Yeah, there's no puns to be made there. None. Not one. And so, but anyways, it's this woman and she's just got a bra on under the like overalls and the gas mask and everything. And she takes that off and she's got this long blonde hair and she's like perfectly clean, no smudges, so much makeup under that gas mask. She's got this heart. As, ta- as one does, yeah. right? Like if you're going to be trapped in a mine shaft all day, you want to make sure that you got full coverage, full face. Full face. Full face. Ready fantasy, to go. Lashes, everything. <laughs> lashes, and, everything. <laughs> she's got this heart tattoo on her titty. Right? Oh, it's so cute. Yes. And so then she starts to undress the other miner. And she's like opening his shirt and it's all sensual. And then she goes to take off his mask and he's like, no, don't do it. And I'm like, honestly, what in the coal miner's fantasy? I can't even. 
And so then <laughs> there's all that like heavy breathing through the mask. And then he sees the heart tattoo on her and he starts yeah. to freak out. He starts to breathe heavier, starts to freak out. And he pushes her onto a pickaxe that's been sticking out of the wall right through the heart. Amazing cold open. Amazing opening. And then she's screaming and the camera goes down her throat and it's my bloody Valentine and Valentine is bleeding. It's a great opening scene. Then, so, yes. The the remake cold open <laughs> pretty pretty good too. Yeah. It's a whole bunch of teens in like the late 90s and they're getting to they're like having a drink kind of drinking party thing in one of the shafts and like they're fooling around and it take it, it takes like no time at all for like a random miner to just like come out and just like start wielding a pickaxe and like killing off teens and then these what is it like three teens kind of survive and then the movie jumps 10 years into the future (laughs) okay we'll see now yeah our cold open was not it was on the 11th was our cold open all right so then we cut to mine is the next day i'm guessing thursday february 12th and we get the group shower scene from all the miners Okay, can I tell you, this is probably my favorite part of this movie. Because they're all, like, all dirty and covered in black, and they're in these showers. And these showers are, like, shitty. It's like a tube coming out of a thing, and it's just crimped at the end, so it kind of sprays. And it's all just whatever. It's like a cheap-ass, you know, mind shower. And there's all these guys getting all soapy and showering and joking around and throwing soap. And I'm like, oh, girl, come on. You're killing me here. Uh, Fun fact about... Go ahead. What is the average level of attractiveness of these miners? There's quite a few that are really attractive. And I don't like how that came out. I don't like how that was phrased. No, there's quite a few. <laughs> there, well, levels of attractiveness, you know, it's fine. Early 80s, late 70s kind of look. All American, no beards. I could have done with some beards. But the funny thing yeah. about this scene was it's all shot from like the belly button up, right? But they were all as, really as, naked. Yeah. They all were really naked in the shower scene. And I believe it. all the showers were spewing cold water. But it looks like there's steam, so they were blowing mist onto the thing, which was also cold. So you know shrinkage was out of the world on this movie. That sounds awful. It does sound awful. But my favorite is when they're talking to one of the guys taking a shower, and the guy goes, what do you do with that when you're not using it? You throw it over your shoulder and burp it like a baby? Talking about his dick. I'm like, (laughs) I would would like to see that, please. Could you pan out? Like, what's happening? I love could that. We, could we demonstrate that shoulder burping <laughs> A little shoulder action. Right now. Some deep yeah, shoulder action. Yes. Look, Vanders, you better get a lot of exercise if you're going to grapple with Gretchen there. Oh, yeah? Well, I got a Valentine for her that she's never going to forget. Right to the heart, huh? going to be a hot time on Saturday night. Yeah! Woo! Woo! Face the whiskey. Do anything else but that except throw it over your shoulder and burp it. Ah, get lost, Axel. <laughs> Oh, bunch of clouds. Things haven't changed a bit, same as always. And you wish you never came back. So, Also, sold. my version was filmed in Canada, in Nova Scotia, Canada. So they all have the cutest little Canadian accents. It's oh, they're a boot everything. It's a boot, and they're so sorry. So sorry. Yeah. So they sorry. are so cute, though. But yes. It's awesome. So, yeah, that's my favorite part of that is, you know, the shower scene. Now, I was going to ask you if after their shower, they all jump in their cars and they head into town to meet up with their girls but you didn't watch my version so you don't know i was like did you catch that vw bug convertible where they basically just cut the back top off the uh, vw bug and that was it that was their convertible 
That was a thing? That I, sounds so, that does not sound road safe. It, it does it, not sound street legal at all. It was not, but I don't think a lot of this stuff was. But anyway, so so yeah, they fly into town to meet their friends or their girlfriends and friends who are all decorating the town for Valentine's Day. And, the and this f- town goes, if I recall correctly, this yes. town goes like all out kind of bonkers. Bonkers everywhere. Mabel, this is the best thing that's happened in this town in years. Your decorating committee has done one hell of a job. Well, after all, the first Valentine's dance in 20 years has to be something special. All on They're every like, building. Everybody's like, happy love day. Just yes. There are hearts crazy. on everything. There is crepe paper on everything. God forbid it rains because great crepe paper just dissolves into just, liquid dye and just goes on everything. But it is everywhere. Uh, so yeah, they go to meet them at the union hall where the dance is going to be and blah, 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 blah. Okay, what about you? What's next for you? So basically, jumps forward 10 years later. Right, right. It's this it's this guy called, this. it's uh, the dude from Supernatural, Tom. He's coming back for the first time in 10 years to sell the mine that belonged to his dad and the guy who owned the double deuce from Roadhouse, who basically is <laughs> oh, an ageless deuce. wonder. He's an ageless wonder because he looks exactly the same as he does in Roadhouse. Like well, he's I mean, a time lord. He looked old then and he looks old now. But well, it's the same age. There's a certain point when people stop looking different for a while from like, I don't know, 35 <sighs> to 50. You kind of just stay the same. I mean, I'm making notes. The notes that I took down here is like... Early 2000s, or I said mid 2000s fashions and music are terrible, which I feel like is a fact. Truth. Oh, it's there's this girl. I I have to talk about this just to rewind a little bit (laughs) to go into the to go into the open of this movie. The main girl walks around this mine in this white t-shirt that is totally see-through. And she's wearing a black bra underneath. It is so shameless. How very like it a version a, of her. It is, yeah, it is a shameless, it is a, it clearly a shameless way of just being like, how can we take use of this 3D technology in a completely sexist way? Zoom in on like, the titties, yes. Just boom. Okay. So it's 10 years later, Tom's coming back to town. He's going to sell the mine. The mine basically funds this entire town. So nobody's going to have a job afterwards. And it's like, eh, what should I do? He goes and he sees his former, his high school girlfriend who still works at a grocery store, but she's married to like the other dude that stayed there. So it's, um, it's the, the same Dawson's name for the people. Dude. It's uh, Sarah yeah. and Axel. Axel. Yeah. Yeah. Axel in this one's played by um, the, the, gay char- the gay character from Dawson's Creek. I, I don't watch remember. it, so I don't really know. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry out there. So yeah, sh- like yeah, Sarah's married to Axel, and they have a kid, and she's like, happy, Reed, not really. <laughs> quote, unquote, yes. They can't see mm. you, honey. you got to actually say yeah, the I know. <laughs> I mean, I was hoping the tone would carry. <laughs> um, so yeah, everybody's upset with Tom. He tries, to, he tries to talk to Sarah a little bit. She's just like, oh, I still have a crush on you. Because Axel, in this movie, is a completely terrible, just shithead. He cheats on he cheats on Sarah with this mm-hmm. other girl that works at the supermarket who you know is like the slutty one in town because she wears spaghetti strap tank tops. <laughs> yes, revealing boy, come her on. bra. It's great. <laughs> um, also in this movie, Tom Atkins looking pretty foxy for a thousand years old. Who? Tom Atkins. Tom he plays Atkins. like the sheriff in basically every movie he's ever in. Right. Like you've seen him in Halloween Three, The Fog, Night of the Creeps. He's the detective dude in Night oh, of the yeah, Creeps. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Oh, for sure I know him. I love Night of the Creeps. Yes. Yeah. I was struck. The, the, the remake has a very interesting visual quality to it 
where it kind of looks like Riverdale. I can see, I can, from what I remember. Like the cinematography of it. Yeah, it's just like, it's all these pictures of forests and the small town USA kind of stuff. But it's filmed in like this kind of not super bright way where they're bringing the, the, the highlights down a little bit and they're upping the contrast. So everything feels really dark and heavy and dirty. And yeah, but I'll stop there for right now. Yeah. Okay, so for me... <laughs> Let's go back to the original. Yeah, for me... Uh, so they're driving in town. They're all setting up for Valentine's Day. And I forgot to say, this Valentine's Day is the first one that they have celebrated in 20 years. Because 20 years ago is when Harry Warden killed everybody on Halloween. Now, this gets you into what's happening now. Wait, he killed people on Halloween? I'm sorry. <laughs> Valentine's Day. <laughs> Woo! Get, uh, getting your holidays mixed up there, evil. Yeah, well, you know, you know. <laughs> Valentine's Day, Halloween, who the fuck cares? It's candy and, yeah. <laughs> and they both got candy. Exactly, exactly. You're getting late if you're doing it right, you know. They're very similar. So, yes, it's 20 years later. They're setting up for the dance and you get to meet TJ, the mayor's son who owns the mine, who went out west to make it big. Now, here is my question. We know that this was filmed in Canada. When they drive into town, it's called Valentine Bluffs, but it doesn't say where, right? It just says Valentine's Bluff uh, elevation population, but it doesn't say Valentine's Bluff something Canada. It doesn't say anything about Canada. So in my mind, are they thinking, because they never say where they are, they never, there's no like Canadian flags, there's no US flags, there's no kind of place. In my mind, when he said that the sun went out west, I'm thinking Hollywood, L.A. Because when people say going out west here, that means California. Yeah, usually. Now, if you're in Canada, when you go out west, are you going to Alaska? Like, what's the big, like, coastal city in the west of Canada that people would go to to make oh, it Vancouver. big? Oh, Vancouver. Is that a thing? Well, to make it big. Like, I, to make... I mean, under this con- under this context, you, could, you might be able to assume that they're going to Los Angeles. Yeah. But, like, west coast, like, coastal Canadian town, like, Vancouver, yeah. So that could have been it. Okay, I don't know. I They never said where he went or what he lovely, was trying to do. It's a lovely place. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. I haven't been. I've only been up to they Montreal. Do, they, do a lot of, they do a lot of TV filming there, so he could technically make it big there. He, but they never said what he was trying to make it big as. Yeah. Actor, yeah, I minor, I don't know. Actor, model, dancer. <laughs> <laughs> Which he could have. The main guy, TJ, he's super cute. He's got that curly brown hair. Got a good body. He always wears very tight clothes, which I appreciate. Thank you. I think if I, I think a lot of the characters of the original like to wear a lot of tight clothing. Yeah, no, because it is early '80s, late '70s, so yeah, that's that's their jam. But my favorite part is when all the guys spill into the union hall and check out their girlfriends. There's this one tall ginger guy who basically picks his girlfriend up by the head to kiss her and then sets her back down. I, <laughs> I don't know why, but every time I see that. It makes me laugh. It's also foreshadowing for the end of the movie, but when he picks her up and kisses her and puts her down, it makes me laugh every time. So like, <laughs> who just picks their girlfriend up by the head? Like, it was just, it's very weird. It's a its a very, it, that's that's some like big, that's like some big dom top energy. Just pick somebody up by the head. <laughs> Completely. Smooch, but he down. was, he's actually one of the cute ones. The tall ginger with the unibrow. There's something about him that's very, very cute to me. I don't know. It's the unibrow, isn't it? <laughs> it's, I think it is, yes. <laughs> Uh, so then the mayor and the chief of police leave. And before they leave, one of the guys runs out and goes, oh, mayor, somebody left this for you. And it's a big box of chocolates and it's wrapped still, which is weird. He gets in the car with the sheriff and they start to drive away and he starts to open the box. And the sheriff says, in the box? read the card. So he reads the card. From the heart comes a warning filled with bloody good cheer. Remember what happened as the 14th draws near. 
And it's a fucking human heart. Well, we don't know it's human right now, but you know, come to f- we will come to find out that it is human. <laughs> uh, so he pulls over and he's freaking out. Then cut to the local mine town dive bar. Oh God, I can't remember the name of it now. I don't know, something like the Cliffs or the Cuffs or something like that. And you've got the old timers at the bar, the bartender telling the story of Harry Warden. Yeah, and they have a. It's, a, it's sort scene. of a large. It's sort of a large Marge scenario. It's very much that, and I feel like that guy was the same guy at the bar. <laughs> it was the same bar, uh, but no. So the old timers tell the story, and they do a flashback of you know it was Valentine's Day night. This town is accursed. It started twenty years ago. It was the night of the Valentine's Day dance at the Union Hall, the biggest event of the year. It had been a tradition for over a hundred years. Everybody was there except for seven miners who were out at the head of the mine. Five of them still down below. Two supervisors were waiting for the men to come up. Anxious to get to the party, they left before the men were safely out. Failing to check the methane gas levels in the tunnels down below. continued its party for six weeks we dug around the clock to try to save them after we broke through one man was found alive i was the one who found <laughs> harry ward spent the next year in the state mental hospital exactly one year later on valentine's day he came back to town he killed the two supervisors who had left the post the year before. Then he cut out their hearts and stuffed them in heart-shaped candy boxes. That night at the dance, found the boxes, blood dripping out the sides. Inside was a note, a warning from Harry, never to hold a Valentine's dance ever again. Every February 14th, Harry comes back to town. His pickaxe stained with blood, waiting in the shadows of the Henniger mine, just for someone to kill, should they not heed his warning. It could be you. I know what I'm saying. Forget about having a party at all on Saturday night. You may not live to see daylight. I mean, that's, that's, oh, that's so good. And the remake handles that chunk of story in the worst way possible. Okay, tell it. Let's tell it. So the first few moments, the very opening, opening, opening of the movie are like these like 3D headlines. And they're like, it's just telling that story oh. of like Henry Ward and trapped for days and, you know, people mysteriously dying. And but like he escapes somehow. Like it's just like, though, I do love the remake, but like the, the <laughs> what it does to Henry's character as like a monster or as a threat just is so stupid. It's just, it's the weakest part of the movie. Oh, that's too bad. And, and there is, around this point of the movie, or the, the bar scene that you're describing, there's a bar scene in the remake mm. where people get upset with Tom selling off this, the 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 mine. And so he gets punched there. And <laughs> um, Tom Atkins is like, I saved your butt once before. Don't worry about it. I won't do it again. Like, it's a whole talking to scenario where people just like basically shit on Tom being like, yeah, what are you doing here? 
So why, just, why are you selling this? Why are you selling this mine? Everybody's jobless because of you. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I see because I I think I've seen the remake once, maybe twice. So I kind of remember it. I remember the faces more than I remember anything. Yeah. And I could possibly I think I watched it at your house drunk. So that's why it's a little this, fuzzy. This checks out. <laughs> the math lines up. Cut back to me. The mayor and the police chief are now at the medical examiner in another city close to Valentine's Bluff. The guy says... Is it St. Patrick's Plateau or something? (laughs) (laughs) Completely, completely. Anyway, they're trying to find out... One of them's on the phone with the state hospital, trying to find out if Harry Warden is still in the state hospital. They're calling, and nobody has any information, so they hang up. The medical examiner walks in and goes, What are you guys doing over in Valentine's Bluff? This is a young girl's heart, and it looks like it's been chopped out by a butcher. I'm like, well, and he's playing with the heart with no gloves on, just his hand, and there's blood and gore all over his hand. I'm like, yeah, okay. Get, get your fingers all over that evidence. <laughs> exactly. Just, just dive right in there. Come on, medical examiner. Yes. Then we cut to heavy breathing, the stalking scene, and you hear them breathing through the mask, and he's stalking the town's... I don't want to say matriarch, but the old lady who was in charge of all the decorating, the one who put up pounds of crepe paper. She got to die first. Posters, (laughs) everything. (laughs) She was was tacking pillows on the wall of the Union Hall, just heart-shaped pillows. This woman, I bet in her house, had like boxes and boxes and boxes of Valentine's Day stuff for 20 years. And she's she's a woman who likes to stencil things. Exactly. Like, just super crafty. So he's stalking her outside of Madame Mabel's laundromat. And this is her place. Mabel's laundromat. This is her place. She's Mabel. And there is literally a heart on every machine, every dryer, streamers, everywhere, inside the laundromat. Who is celebrating Valentine's Day inside a laundromat? This woman is, apparently. (laughs) She runs a special singles thing. I guess. Like (laughs) she's got speed dating laundry time, you know? Yeah, all all dryers 50% off. (laughs) Yes. So she goes to the back to get some tea. She comes back out. (gasps) Look, there's a little box of chocolates. And she opens it and and there's a little note. (laughs) Roses are red, violets are blue. One is dead, so are you. (laughs) And then Mabel gets (laughs) pickaxed. All right. So at this point, do you think if the killer stopped at this point, like, didn't kill anybody else, just Mabel. That, like, the town would be kind of like, finally got rid of that decorating girl. Like, <laughs> no, because the Like, the we're not going to investigate this. We're well, just going to let this one slide. Well, see, that's the thing. Sheriff and the mayor are friends with Mabel. And they go back and they know the original story of Harry Warden and all this. Because of that, they don't investigate this. They don't say that this is Harry Warden. They don't say that anything has happened. They haven't told anybody about the heart that they found. And when Mabel gets killed, they say she has a heart attack. Like they're not investigating or telling or warning anybody that there's a murderer. That is part of the problem of this movie. Heart failure. Not that giant pickaxe wound in her body. Right, 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 right. Heart failure. It's it's so stupid. So stupid. (laughs) Uh, but we don't even we haven't even got to that part yet where they find the body. There's this whole other part in the middle. But you go ahead and go on the remake now. All right. So Tom's in town getting getting static from everybody for selling the mine. He's staying at this motel. He walks by these people who are loudly having sex, like weirdly performative, like so like me. Eh, 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 yeah. Got it. Kind of sex. The miner <laughs> shows up, full gear, head to toe. Miner shows up, kills them, kills them both. The people who are After fucking. The, the people that are fucking. Yeah. Because, like, side story, the people who are fucking 
probably had the best story in this entire movie. Oh no. So good. It's like the short ver like the it doesn't deserve this much attention, but I'm gonna run through it really quickly. They're there in this hotel room and it's all shot in 3D, so it's like super obvious, like look at my chest. <laughs> and they're doing everything that they can to not show male nudity. But Ugh. you do get a dude's butt. Hey, that's a plus. That's something. It's it's something. And so like the dude is cheating on his wife because as soon as they're done banging, he puts his wedding ring back on, which leads me to believe everybody in this town is cheating on their wives. Right. Or husbands. And then he was secretly recording the whole thing. So he picks up this like then small video recording device. It's not the size of a shoebox, right? Yes. It's yeah. Yeah. It's like... (laughs) And then she's like, oh, you're recording this? And he's like, yeah, I like to do it for my personal collection. Ugh, he's the worst. <laughs> and she's like, well, I'm not a whore. Blah, 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 blah. He's like, now He's like, now you are. And he throws a 20 at her <gasps> and he leaves. <laughs> and like, she stews on this she stews on this and she gets like super pissed and then she goes over to her purse and picks out her doorly like mini gun (laughs) and chases after him into the parking lot she's buck naked chasing after this guy who's going back into his like giant tractor trailer truck thing yeah and he's just like yeah blah, blah, blah 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 like you suck she she throws the gun at him <laughs> that's not how that works honey she, she's not the brightest she really isn't the sounds brightest he's like ow that hurts he opens the door pickaxe's skull yeah she then freaks out because the miner comes out of the truck and like starts starts to like hunt her down too she dies the police are now investigating. Axel's on the case. He has this weaselly face. I don't, ugh, I just don't like Some him. about it, yeah. And then because he's the new guy in town, everybody's like, oh, Tom's Clearly. coming back. Tom's coming back on the 10-year anniversary of this massive killing when Henry Warden like killed all these teens so clearly it's Tom Tom's the worst human being ever like everybody just like (laughs) I did throughout this movie at this point like it's cheesy and it's shot not in the most like beautiful way possible Mm. but some of its cinematography really gave me some like strong Friday the 13th part 3 vibes okay and not just because not just because of like the abuse of 3d technology by throwing <laughs> things at a camera but how it depicts small town life oh yeah yeah felt very honest to that and like i was like oh this is it's like all right this isn't like a masterpiece of film but i'm enjoying this I'm, I'm i'm having fun with it so yeah a few people a few other people get bumped off megan spaghetti strap slut girl from the <laughs> from the supermarket from the supermarket she gets bumped off in a supermarket chase sequence that's actually pretty cool let's see yeah, my notes at that point just kind of jump to the ending because the second <laughs> act of this movie is a little dry. Like, it starts off with this big, huge action sequence where it's, like, all these teens getting slaughtered. And the third act is pretty good stuff. But the middle of this movie is just, like, basically can be summed up as people and people die. They sus- People suspect Tom because he's coming back into town. Because Tom keeps bumping into Sarah, he's starting to reconsider selling the mine. Okay, random, but okay. All right. Well, along along the along the way, we learn that Axel's a cheating asshole. piece of shit. Yes. I wrote in my notes, flip phones, because they're everywhere in this movie. <laughs> hey, I had a flip phone. Check off. I mean, did you have a flip phone in 2009? 
no, I had an Android by then, I think. But my last flip yeah. phone was the Motorola Razor, which was the fucking shit. That was that was that was the, the mobile phone of choice. That was yeah, that was amazing. You could slide it under a door. It was really cool. Anyway, okay, let's get back to back me. to the original. Right. So cut to kids in a junkyard smoking pot and cooking TV dinners on their car engine. Can you get more like a great... small town than this? I was going to say, that sounds like a great Friday night from my high school days. I'm saying, and this also Backwoods reminds me... Vermont, that's what we do. This that's reminds me do. of, uh, oh God, what is it? Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and 4, the junkyard scenes. And oh, it's the so same good. basic setup. And so you've got the three guys cooking their TV dinners on the uh, uh, engine, the one guy sitting in an old abandoned car drinking out of a giant bottle of whiskey... And that, that brings up the other thing. Like, in my head, through most of this movie, I was calling these people teens. They're not teens. They've got to be not teens. early to mid-20s because, one, they're working in a mine, and, two, they're going to the bar and just drinking. So they have to be at least over 21. But in my mind, I just keep calling them, oh, the teens are getting killed, whatever. So they're in there. There's a little scuffle between Axel and TJ talking about Sarah because TJ left to go make it big on the West Coast. He came back. Because he didn't make it, and now he has to work in the mines that his father owns, the mayor, and reassimilate back into his old life. And he wants Sarah back, but Sarah's with Axel now because TJ just left, didn't tell anybody, didn't. What's a girl to do? Right, didn't right? communicate like, the entire time. Yeah. Didn't write letters. They didn't have cell too phones. Too busy back for then. a call. Too busy for a postcard. Exactly. No. Too busy Get trying that negativity to negativity out of your life. Exactly. So she went off with Axel because she's like. He's the next next best looking guy in town, and I'm the blonde, so I get him. So she. <laughs> that, those are just small town rules. By small the way. town that's rules. Like in, that's in the town <laughs> charter. It's right. in the town's bylaws. Right. So then that whole happens, and they get in a little like pissing match, and he's just like, you know who Sarah wants, and. T- Axel's like, well, she's with me, so it doesn't matter. And obviously her feelings don't matter. It's not what she wants. It's what they want. You know, forget her. The remake does exactly the same thing. <laughs> I bet they I bet they just took the same scene and just did it word for word. Right. Because it's like, oh, the two hunks are fighting over, like, small town Sarah. Exactly. It's, uh, so could, then everybody, everybody involved could do better. Toes. Uh, so then we get a cut to the sheriff calling state hospital again. The state hospital woman, who this character is great, she's like, I can't find any information. I don't know what you're talking about. I'd have to go look at the microfilm, even though I don't want to, obviously. And then he's like, just go check it. Click, hangs up. Uh, W-A-R-D-E-N, Harry Warden. He was committed under court order approximately 20 years ago. Well, I'm afraid I have no records of a Harry Warden, past or present. How can that be? He was committed there, under court order. I'm sorry, I have no records on him. Look, in 20 years, any number of things could have happened. Now, if this Harry Warden was committed, as you say, then he's simply no longer here. And if I have no records on him, I have to assume that he's transferred, he's released, or he's on the slab. One of three, take your pick. One out of three? Now, look, Mrs. Raleigh, you're going to have to do a little bit better than that. Now, I have to know what happened to this man, and I have to know what happened to him now. Now, have you checked everything? Everything. Except the microfilms over in Central File, and it will take several days to check that. Look, I need answers, and I need them fast. I'll be waiting for your call. Dr. Hayes, 353. Jumping. I don't even know what the hell happened to him. Well, what more do we need to know? It's gotta be Harry. Evil, are you sure you weren't part of this movie? That woman because was that sounds awful like how and... you would respond to it. Uh, mm. No, because he hung up on her, and she still went and did it, and I wouldn't have. I'd have been like, I don't know, bye, Yeah. Uh, then we get this scene of the two girls walking, Patty, Sarah's best friend, and her talking about the Valentine's Day dance, and how Patty's going to wear an outfit cut down to here and split up to there, 
And basically they're talking about, Sarah, how is she going to choose between these two guys? And the other girl's like, why do you have to choose? <laughs> Slut. <Nah>. So... <laughs> I mean, a, a, a for effort. Totes, a for effort on that. Effort. I like that. I like that kind of go-getter attitude. Yes, that's what I like. Yes. So then we cut back to the sheriff to go. He's going to go talk to Mabel at the laundromat. And he walks in and he doesn't see her. And he's smoking his pipe and he's looking around. He's like, Mabel. And he noticed that all the hearts that are on the washing machines are all turned upside down. He's like, well, that seems weird. They look weird. like butts. They do. He's like, that's weird. He goes in the back. She's not there. He comes out and he's like, he's sniffing around. He's like, what is that smell? And he goes all the way back to the front of the laundromat. And all these dryers have been going this whole time. I'm like, how many goddamn quarters did you put in there, girl? That they've been going all night, apparently. He opens the first one, pulls out some clothes, smells it. That's not the smell. He pulls, He opens the next one, smells it. And then the third one just pops open of its own accord. And Mabel's charred, burnt-ass corpse just falls out. Cloudy, gross eyes. And then the machine starts rolling her body over and over and over again. That was one of the cut scenes. And he's just sitting there looking like he's trying not to barf. It is an amazing effect. That being said, the effects in this movie stand up today. Like, they are so oh, yeah. good. They're so good. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a pretty, it's, a, I mean, it's not, it's not like, it's not overly gory. Yeah, the effects for this movie are really solid. It's are. not overly gory. It's not like torture porn level of, of just like wallowing in gore. Right. But they're just like really sharp moments and they, well, they work movie, really well. This movie was one of those movies that suffered from the backlash of the MPAA or whatever it was. So they didn't get an X rating. They had to cut out a lot of the special effects to make it an R rating because of Jason and because John Lennon was just killed. Everybody was freaking out and starting to like rein in like censoring gore and blood and everything. So a lot of the stuff that you can see in the uncut version today is just those little like three second extras of all these things that they cut out before. And by today's yeah. standards, they're super tame. But by then, I guess it was like the height of like terror. scandalizing. Yeah. And then just there are, there are some things that have still never been reincorporated into the movie there's one later on in the movie where you don't even see these people get killed but they filmed the whole thing and they never released it anywhere even on the uncut oh. director's edition that i have they've never released it but it was filmed we know it was filmed uh so one day maybe they'll release it somebody will find a somebody will find a lost copy somewhere and it'll, it'll well no it was way. it was never put out they have it they've just never released it so to catch up yes. with the remake up to that moment come on catch up Back at Sarah's house, Sarah's stupid kid is watching TV. Sarah's like, a kid. Doing nothing. Gosh, she's yeah, old. Sarah and Axel have a kid in this one. The kid's cute, but like he does absolutely nothing in this movie. He has like three lines. It's great. Like kids do, yeah. Basically, the miner, the guy who everyone believes is either Tom or Henry, comes into the back door, <laughs> kills Sarah's housekeeper who totally doesn't deserve this, and shoves her body into the dryer. Oh, we get the dryer one again. So that later, when when the police show up, they pull out, they open the door, ah, big view, healthy face. Yes. <laughs> Tom Atkins dies in that moment too. Pretty sure, no, the other cop I think lives and gets like the kid out of there. And at that point, the cops have to call Axel. Axel then tries to call Sarah, who's in a car with Tom. And so in this moment, Axel's like, don't trust Tom. He's he's like, he was where he was off 10 years, for the last 10 years, he was in a mental institution. And because of that, he's a horrible human being. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> a terrible message. Terrible message yes. about mental health here. Meanwhile, after she gets, after she hangs up with Axel, Tom's like, you can't trust Axel. Right. Like, 
he's this lion he's this lion sack of shit he's been doing all this that and the other like so sarah's sitting in the middle of the, this backseat of this car and she's like i don't know who to trust both of these <laughs> vaguely attractive men don't want me to trust the other one why isn't someone making my mind up for me i'm a woman i, uh. <laughs> I can't make decisions for myself like it's <laughs> it's very it is not a great moment for female agency in this film. <laughs> no. But she then takes agency into her own hands by pulling the steering wheel of the car as it's driving down this forest road. I don't know what she's hoping to do with this. <laughs> the the Jeep turns off of the road completely, crashes into like a bunch of trees. And in the best shot of the movie, you see this like tree branch, like the, the cameras in like the backseat of the car and you see this tree branch go through the windshield between the between tom and sarah's head and like right uh, right up to the camera and it's super effective and like it's a very final destination oh super final destination yes got it and then at that point she sarah runs into the woods tom's coming after her she calls axel again on her flip phone (laughs) (laughs) come on flip phone (laughs) go go gadget flip phone um (laughs) axel's like meet me meet me at my dad's old place Okay. And I'll come there right away. His old place is some like shack, like some Jason Voorhees shack in the middle of the woods. <laughs> There's a mattress on the ground from like, from when Axel and Megan, the the floozy of the grocery store, they yes. totally bang on this mattress in this Jason shack. And come on, bed bugs. That's, that's when, that's when Sarah figures it out that, what did she exactly figure out? She, oh, she sees like a whole bunch of, it's so stupid. This part of the movie is completely stupid. I don't really like it. <laughs> Sarah goes in this house. The bang mattress is on the ground. She sees a Valentine's Day card from Megan to Axel. Yours forever. Or some crap like that. I it, kind of remember this, yes. She goes into the kitchen and starts looking around and finds a giant cupboard filled. Yes. Filled to the, comically filled to the brim with candy hearts containers. I remember now, this. Now yes. this is, this is like... 2009 and Amazon Prime just got invented, so I get it. But it's the movie is trying to sell this moment that like somebody's been buying all these Valentine's Day heart boxes so they can send victims hearts in it to the police or whoever they want to scare. But like if you're the police and you're getting like you're getting this killer's telltale clue, like their their calling card of these candy heart boxes with human hearts in it at one point wouldn't you just be like hey let's go down to cvs and ask around who's been buying all the fucking candy heart boxes well, you should and just we'll look at a clue you should just look and see who's got fucking diabetes because where's all that chocolate gone where's all that chocolate <laughs> it's just the fucking boxes somebody's eating that chocolate who's the fattest di- diabetic looking motherfucker so at that point the miner comes up to comes up to the house and starts hacking away at stuff sarah sarah in her only moment of badassery picks something up, smashes out one of the windows, and jumps out of it. Not unlike, um, is it Sally from Texas Chainsaw Massacre One? Oh, okay, yes. Like right out the window. Yes. Like tumbles off of a roof, falls on the ground, and starts running. And she runs back into the mine because oh, that's a course. safe place. Yes. And so the the rest of the rest of the remake will have to pick up after that point, but that's a good stopping point. For okay, me. yes. Let's go back to the original. Okay, we're back to the original and. We're at the part where they're back in the mine, but it's all the miners actually working in the mine. TJ and Axel get in a little scuffle. TJ leaves early. As TJ is all... We don't get another shower scene, sadly. But Aww. TJ is all showered and clothed and leaving as everybody else is coming up out of the mine. He leaves, peels out in his really cool little green car. I don't know what kind it is, but it's a really cool car. 
goes and picks up Sarah. I think she works at a supermarket. It never really says because they never go in it. Uh, pulls oh. her into the car and drives away. And he takes her to their spot, somewhere on the bluffs, I'm guessing. And he's like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Take me back. I love you. She's like, how did I know that? You ever wrote me? Blah, 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 blah. They're back together again. I can't make decisions. <laughs> well, that's the thing. She can't make decisions. She loves him, knows she loves him, but then later shows up at a bar with the other guy. We'll get there. So... <laughs> They go back, cut back to Mabel's, and the sheriff and the mayor are there, and they're loading up the melted body of the old lady. And again, they're like, don't tell anybody about this. Say it was yeah, a Yeah, you want to keep that kind of stuff to yourself. Right. Don't let them know there's a killer. It's, yeah, the killer on loose. They Let's pull, not tell anybody. They pull a Valentine's Day card out of her chest. It's a little heart. And then they read that. Once. It happened twice. Cancel a dancer. It'll happen thrice. Oh, wow. The dance is canceled. Let's tear every poster, every banner, every decoration down and, and, and out of sight. I don't want to see a single Valentine's heart anywhere. As long as this town is decorated to the hill, Harry's going to keep on killing and, and get that damn union hall locked up. All right, all right, there. Cut back to the bar. And the bartender is, again, warning all these kids, quote unquote, that, you know, don't fuck around with Harry Warden. He's you know, back, fucking Mabel, she died, a heart attack, that's bullshit. This bartender knows. This bartender is on it. You hear about Mabel Osborne? She got it just the way I said. Heart attack my ass. He's like, it's Harry Warden. You all better beware. You're all a bunch of assholes. He keeps calling these kids assholes, which I love. Beware of what you make fun of, you little asshole. Who? You! Forget about having a party at all tomorrow night. Or you'll be sorry. And then the all the kids are like, well, fuck, we can't have a dance now because the mayor was like, dance is canceled. Fuck it. You all stay home. But he doesn't say why. He just says, no, you can't do it. So what do they do? They're like, we're going to have a party. And where are we going to have it? At the mines. Let's go have a party at the mines. <laughs> well, because... This sounds safe. Yes. This sounds, it sounds great. totally great. It sounds great. It sounds Sounds great. Yes, TJ is the son of the son of the owner of the mine, so he has keys. They have a rec room, they have a pool table, they have a kitchen. They're going to have a party. That's going to happen. But before that happens, that bartender, he's like, you know what? Fuck these kids. They all think they know everything. He sneaks out to the mine, and he goes to set up a fake Harry Warden with an axe. So when you open the door, it looks like a murderer. And he keeps opening it and laughing as the pickaxe comes up, and he closes it. And he laughs as the pickaxe comes up, and he closes it. And he laughs as the pickaxe... He walks away a little bit and he's like, I want to see this one more time. He goes and opens the door <laughs> and he gets pickaxe through under his chin and up through his eyeball and the eyeball pops out. And this again, this effect is so good and it's super lasts. So then Harry Warden, quote unquote. Hold on for a moment. Hold on for a moment. Yes. This ultimate prankster. <laughs> so close to pulling it off. Right. He could have survived. So close. He, it, this is really on him. It is. Like, most of the time, it's like, oh, murdering, slasher, psychopath, like, eh. Like, no, this is 100% on him. <laughs> yeah. If he hadn't if, gone back for he, that one look, he yeah, could have driven he away. Yeah, if he was so entranced by his own jokes, <laughs> he would have lived through this, mo this movie. Exactly. I feel like that's just worth mentioning, just getting that out there, just in case anybody else finds themselves in a horror movie sometime, and they start pranking people, don't go back for that one last look. Exactly. Can't do it. So that brings us to Saturday, February 14th. <gasps> technically, yeah, technically it was Thursday the 14th in 1981, but, you know, they wanted it a Saturday because the mind wouldn't be open, blah, blah, blah. It's fine. 
Saturday, February 14th, Valentine's Day. It's party at the fucking mines time. They got music. They got food. They got beer. They got a pool table. TJ comes in this outfit. Pool table? Yeah, they have a pool table. Who brought that? It's it's in their rec room. It's in their like little like oh, okay. clubhouse at the visualizing, mine. Yeah, I was visualizing a pool table in the middle of like the mine. tunnel. No, the no, mine. No, no, no. They're still above ground at this point. Uh, so they go in there and TJ comes in in this outfit. And I will put a picture of it up somewhere. But he is in this like denim shirt that's unbuttoned down to his fucking navel, and he's wearing the cutest little neckerchief. Like it's skinny. Mm. It's, I, it's not an ascot in any shape or form. It's just a little neck. What color was she flagging? Uh, it was all blue, girl. Fly boys all day. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then we get another kill, and this kill is actually really cool. One of the boys that's new to the mine and wants to get out, like TJ did, goes to the back where they're. There's this giant pot of boiling hot dogs because nothing sounds better than a boiled fucking hot dog. And he's looking in there, looking in them like, what the fuck are you looking at? Killer grabs him from behind and shoves his head into a pot of boiling hot dogs until he stops moving. That is the worst kill ever. I mean, it's great, but who wants to die in hot dog water? (laughs) Yeah, that really is a step below the nurse that gets her head dunked in Halloween 2 in that hospital bathtub thing. Yes. There's a, there's a similar kill in Halloween 2 where like Michael Myers just like throws somebody like forces their head underneath the water of this like boiling water and it's just like yeah. There's that was also, hot dog water? Yeah. That'd be so much worse. Right? Ugh. Gross. Ugh. Gross. Uh, then we cut back to the sheriff and he got a box of Valentine candy on his desk. He opens it. It's just Valentine's Day candy from Mabel. She loves the sheriff. But then he hears a bunch of wild dogs barking. He's like, what the fuck? He goes out front and there is a stack of Valentine's hearts leaking blood. And these wild dogs are fighting over them. And then he gets another little message. Didn't stop the party. Stop the party. What damn party? He does it now. Maybe you should have written, you didn't stop the party at the mines. You know, give him a little bit of a clue. Oh, well. Now, back to the Valentine's Day party at the mines. You got Axel and TJ fighting. The cute, tall, uh, hot ginger with the unibrow and his girlfriend go into the mine changing area where all the clothes are up above and they're getting frisky. And he he's like, oh, She's like, how do you get those down? And he's like pulling this little rope and this big slack of clothes and the mask and everything fall down. And it's yes. very cool. And you're like, oh shit. And she's like, do you got something? And he's like, yeah, I got something right here. And it's a condom. And she's like, no, I meant like some beers. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, let me go get some beers. And she's like, oh, I'll go with you. And he's like, no, 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 you stay here. for yeah. mistake. So he goes to get some beers. There's a whole scene with him opening the fridge and that guy with his boiled face is in there, but nobody sees it. And he just grabs some beers and leaves. So that's like a non-issue. And so then this girl is alone in this- In this locker room. Clothing area thing. I can't even call it a locker room because all the clothes are up above you hanging by these like hooks. All of a sudden she- So he- the, the remake mimics the sequence in a very surfacey way. So the remake, after running from, like, the Blair Witch House that was Axel's dad's place or whatever, where he was banging the chair. <laughs> right, yes. She runs into this mine. She runs through this locker room, and it has all the clothes suspended at the top, like you were just describing. Yeah. Except, according to the rules of the remake, they just, like, plop down whenever the hell they feel like. There's no mechanism involved with it. There's no bodies that are strung up there. It's just, like, 
Sarah's running through this with her arms in the air. It's like, I don't know what I'm doing, where I'm going. <laughs> and just like bumping into empty sets of miners' clothes that are dropping in front of her. So it's like this like fun house locker room yeah. tunnel of terror, but that's... there's no there's no drama there at all because the miner that's chasing after her is like hundreds of yards behind her. So there's no way he could be doing it. Okay. So there's no there's no reason for these clothes to be dropping from the ceiling. It's completely silly. Well, this one in the original the the clothes are falling, but I feel like they're falling in a way that's kind of leading her towards something. They're kind of pushing her towards a way, the way they're following, yeah. the order in which they're following. And at the end, when the last thing falls, it's the bartender with his eye popped out on a big hook. Yeah, right there. See, so that's then, a good payoff. Right, but then she turns, and there's the miner. And he does what? He picks her up by the head, <laughs> and he carries her towards the showers. And this is where Ooh. those weird shower heads play a part because they're just like a twisted pipe that's sticking straight out. What does he do? He sticks her straight on one of these pipes with the end coming out of her mouth. So she's like a human shower head. I, it's a cool, again, it's a cool <laughs> effect how they did it. Yeah. It looks, it looks real. It looks really good. And again, it's a really inventive kill. But again, that poor girl, how many times does she get picked up by the head in this movie? Her neck must be Ooh. fucked. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So then the ginger comes in and he finds her and he freaks out and runs away. Before the ginger comes back out, <clears throat> one of the girls, the one who is dating the big chubby guy with the little mustache, she's like, Hey, come on a little trip down to the mine. Yeah, it'll be great. Come on, it's supposed to be like a roller coaster, isn't it? It's 2,000 feet down. You know, it'll cheer up Sarah and, you know, whatever. So there it's her, her boyfriend, two other people, the guy with the big dick and his girlfriend, and then Sarah and then Howard, the jokester of the group. So it's six of them, three girls, three yeah. guys. And they're like, oh yeah, let's go down in the mine. It'll be great. So they go to go down in the mine and they get blankets and beer and they're going down into the mine. Now, here is my problem with that. You have these girls in these dresses, and the one, Sarah, is all in white, a whole white outfit. None of these girls are going down there. That's dirty. Exactly. You wouldn't even get into the mine without immediately no. getting dirty. And they're into the train cars, which you know are covered in coal dust. Blankets, which you know are covered in coal dust. Everything. Yeah. And there's, like, nothing. No smudges, no nothing. They're perfect. And they're like, oh, yeah, like if no, these girls, great. Yeah, if these girls were wearing, like, some jeans or something, and, like, they were a little bit... Even then, they'd not, still like, be getting dirty. Girly, 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 but, like, you know, rough and tumble, girly, girly, which I like. Yeah. Like, so, that would make sense. I, again, this would never happen. Uh, <laughs> not in a million years. Right. So they all load up into the what is the little train cars that go down into the mine it's like a yeah. scary roller coaster they get down at the bottom and he's like okay let's go back up the big guy the the girl who's like we should go down in the mine she was like why don't you take us on a tour <laughs> I'm like this girl tour yeah this girl patty <laughs> that's her name patty it's always a patty so they're like what's that over there and they're like oh that's an abandoned mine chef we don't go down there anymore it's probably where Harry Warden was fucking killed. We don't know. So they're walking around. Then the group splinters off. The two, the girl and the guy with the big dick, they go off, I don't know, to fucking a mine somewhere. And they're gone. Yeah. Cut to Patty. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Cut to the party. And they find Hot Dog Water Boy. And this is when the ginger comes in and tells them that his girlfriend is now a showerhead. Uh, <laughs> Axel yells, it's Harry Warden. Everybody run. And so everybody starts getting in their cars 
and peeling out. Yeah, and that just makes sense. That actually does make sense. Yes, finally, some people with some sense. And then TJ says to <laughs> Axel, there are people down in the mine. Sarah's down there. We have to go save her. So they do that. Back in the mine, the six people down there, they don't know that anything's wrong because everybody up top has been saying, you know, people are dead, blah, blah, blah. So the boys and the girls are pranking each other, jumping out and saying boo and blah, 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 blah. Then you hear heavy breathing and you get the killer mm. POV again. Mm. then at one point they start to leave and they hear breaking and it's that famous scene of the miner going through hitting the light bulbs as he walks with his pickaxe the teens from the mine flying back into town swerving all over the road telling the sheriff oh harry warden's at the mine there are people down in the mine you need to go help them finally the sheriff knows what the fuck's going on finally he knows where the party's at yeah and so he calls a bunch of people but he still doesn't say anything about harry warden any of the murders he's just there are people down in the mine we need to go help don't give anybody any kind of goddamn warning whatever okay so then tj is down in the mine finally and he finds some of the people He. Makes them split up again, which is not fun to do in a horror movie. He sends big guy Hollis off to go find Axel. Or no, to go find the two that are fucking somewhere. And then he sends Howard, the jokester, with the two girls to get out of the mine. And then I don't know what he was going to go to. The big one finds Michael and Harriet screwing. (laughs) I mean, they got drilled, literally. Uh... A, A giant drill goes through them. And that's the scene I was telling you about earlier, that they filmed them getting drilled, but they never... It's never been seen anywhere. So then cut to poor Hollis, the big one, getting nailed in the head with a nail gun. Straight through this side and straight in the uh, front. Interesting fact, not fun fact, interesting fact, the uh, person who played this character actually died of brain cancer. I was like, ooh, foreshadowing in real life. That's rough. Yes. He walks out. The two girls find him with the nails in his head. Patty, the one girl who's this guy's girlfriend is out of control freaking out literally out of control the killer is walking towards them and she's not doing anything but screaming and sitting there like bitch you need to move everybody else is like let's go then axel shows up out of nowhere to save the girls and i wrote Great. i Good just wrote him. i just wrote leave patty there she keeps screaming and not moving finally sarah slaps her and is like we've got to go <laughs> Maybe Patty and Henry are like the couple that... Wait, who's Henry? Harry, sorry. Oh, Harry. Harry, yeah. They they should just get together. They could be a couple. They'd be clueless together (laughs) in this mind for all the rest of eternity. For all the rest of eternity, that's right. Uh, Finally, it's Axel, TJ, the two girls. All right, that's all that's left right now. And they go and they find that the elevators have been sabotaged. So they start climbing up the shaft. (laughs) I've done that. Um... (laughs) I'll say, you usually go down shafts, evil. Well, no, you gotta climb up to, to go down them, right? You gotta get up before you can go down. So they're climbing up these uh, ladders, and the damn it, Patty won't shut the fuck up. She's crying. She's like, I can't go any further. Uh. Axel goes up just enough and triggers something, and Howard's body falls down, stops right next to the girls, right as the rope yanks his head off. And blood splatters, you see his body slam to the bottom Ooh. of the shaft. It's an amazing scene, and it looks so good. I'm going to guess that Patty takes this well, totally calmly, <laughs> yeah. very well, calm, cool, collected. She's like, she's like, 
oh, and then just walks away. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so they give up climbing up the shaft and climb back down to where the body is just laying there with no head. I don't know where the head is. It doesn't look like it rolled down anywhere. It might still be hanging a little from that rope. We don't know. So then they decide, oh, well, let's get back into the rail cars, how we originally got down here, and go up that way. So then they go through this whole thing. Now, here's another thing about this movie. I've seen this movie quite a few times, the original. Yeah. And I always forget who the actual killer is. I always forget. I always have it narrowed down to two people, so I know two people. Yes. But until one point in the movie, I can never remember if it's this one or that one. So spoilers, there's this part where it's TJ, Axel, and the two girls. And TJ and the two girls go ahead and you hear Axel fall in the water and drown. And they're like, you got to go save him. And he's like, I can't. That's like 60 feet down. I can't do anything. He's gone. That's when I remember who the killer is. Immediately, that's when I remember. Because again, I don't know why I'm so stupid, but I, I probably watch this movie once a year. And for some reason, well, I forget. The reason, the reason you might get the, get the killer mixed up is because the remake ends in a slightly different way. So I can, I can bring it home for the rest. Here's the rest of the remake. The rest okay, of the remake. Let's do the rest of the remake. Sarah, after running through the locker room funhouse, <laughs> she's... <laughs> In the mines, there's a game of cat and mouse between her being tracked down by Tom, being tracked down by Axel. She doesn't know who to she doesn't know who to trust. So at one point, she picks up I think it's Axel's gun, and she's holding the gun. She's looking at both of them, and she doesn't know who to trust. <laughs> and it's like, and like they're each like, "You need to shoot him," and the other one's like, "No, you need to shoot him." And like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> this is when Axel first time he's actually selfless in this entire movie says you need to shoot both of us and like that's that's when tom's brain fucking just malfunctions (laughs) because behind sarah the miner comes in it's it's harry henry or harry harry warden harry he comes up and like tom's like sarah look look around look behind you he's right there you didn't shoot you didn't shoot him the miner walks right by sarah in front of her <laughs> and continues walking towards Tom. <laughs> and Sarah's like, I don't know what you're talking about. There's nobody there. Dun, dun, dun. dun. <laughs> the minor has been a character in Tom's head this entire, I was going to say stupid, but entertainingly <laughs> stupid movie. <laughs> and we get like a series of flashbacks that basically say that Tom came to town. He saw. He looked up uh, Harry Warden's like grave and basically robbed him of the mining clothes that he was wearing. Put that stuff on. Killed the killed the the naked, the trucker or the naked woman, and everybody else in town. That's why like Tom just like completely loses it. Tom then comes after Sarah and Axel, and the two of them have to like escape alive. The fight between Tom and Axel is so stupid. It's like Sarah's just sitting there like. Pointing the gun, completely, completely helpless. Completely just, like, not able to do anything. So Axel gets, like, gravely injured. And she fires bullets to the point where there's only one left. And then (laughs) this is when the movie does something kind of artsy and I like it. That scene that you were talking about where, like, he's, like, going down the line and, like, smashes out all the lights. Yes. Tom does the same thing. But using, like, some, like, trickery... Like when he when Tom hits the lights, like that flash that comes off of it for a few frames, uh, the he's dressed up in the miner's clothing. Oh, so that's it just cool. like flashes yeah. him very quickly, flashes him really quickly again and again. And so he gets he gets close enough. Sarah has a moment where she's actually useful, pulls the trigger, and it does like this 
matrixy camera follow the bullet actually i shouldn't say matrixy that's more um what argento movie is that is that opera opera where the bullet like travels in slow motion and the camera follows it and it goes through his head or it goes through his uh his like lower torso right so yay praise the maker <laughs> sarah and axel are able to are able to escape oh wait the bullet goes through tom hits some sort of like gas canister it ignites of course and it causes it causes like the tunnel to fall down on on tom axel and sarah they escape they escape the the mine they come back up everybody's like yay the cops are there like axel's gonna get medical attention great awesome fun times back down in the mine the uh, recovery people are, are like they pull tom they're about to pull tom's body out of like underneath the debris twist still alive pickaxe all the rescue people dresses dresses up in one of their sets of clothing and in the worst shot of the movie last shot of the movie it's like this like crane shot of all the minor workers leaving the mine and then for no reason tom takes off his mask and he makes this like he stares right into the camera and he makes this like weird snarl face that i'm gonna have to see if it exists online so i, <laughs> so I can show it to you completely ridiculous credits yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the end of the remake. I remember that part. Okay, so the original's ending is so much better. I can just, yeah. I can tell you that right now. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got TJ, Sarah, and Patty. TJ sends the girls on through this tunnel. He's like, hug the left side and go straight out, okay? And he's like, I Several gotta go. directions. Right, and he goes, I'm gonna go this way. He goes down another, what is it, tunnel, and you hear like avalanche kind of sounds, like things falling. They run, they don't see anything, so then they go, okay, we're gonna leave. So they're again walking through this mine. Finally, Patty gets pickaxed in the stomach by the miner. Finally, she's Aww, dead. Patty. No more whining, no more crying, just dead. Finally, hello, sitting there. And <laughs> now it's Sarah, the killer, and TJ. So you've got the three. So now you know that TJ is not the killer because he shows back up after he's been rocks falling on him. And they're running from the killer, the miner. You see the rescue people and the sheriff coming down into the mine. Still, the sheriff isn't telling them anything. I mean, why would he? There's this scene where they're trying to get on that train thing to go back up to the surface. TJ and Sarah are on it in the front and the miner hops on on the back with his pickaxe. This scene was clearly ripped off by Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. It's the same scene in a mine, two of them running from a guy with a big like sword shovel and they're fighting each other with a shovel and a pickaxe. When was Temple of Doom? Uh, was it a year or two before this? It wasn't in 81. No. no, this movie this movie was a year or two before Temple of Doom. Right, at least. I think. Okay. Yeah. So they're fighting the uh, Harry Warden, quote unquote, has the pickaxe and TJ has the shovel and they're fighting and fighting. Then they all three jump off of the train because why not? And they're fighting and fighting with the pickaxe. And then they duck into this other little side air vent thing. Harry Warden is hitting this pickaxe and pulling like debris down and structural supports down and everything leading up to this moment. Fun fact, uh, this movie where it was filmed in Canada, the town found out that they were going to film in these mines and they spent $50,000 to clean the mines up so it would be better for filming. So when they got down there and they saw that the mines were all cleaned up and like pristine, they spent $75,000 of the movie re-dirtying it up so yeah. i was like <laughs> stupid people anyway so they're fighting and then all of a sudden at one point i think sarah rips off the killer's mask and it's axel and you get <gasps> you get this like he's got this blank stare and you get this flashback of axel as a little boy under the bed as harry warden is killing his father because he was one of the supervisors 
that killed, let all those people die. And he's lying there while Harry Warden is ripping out the heart of his father. And he's all covered in blood and he's just lying under the bed comatose with his thumb in his mouth. That's how he became the killer and why hearts trigger him and why nothing happened until there were hearts everywhere. So are you saying that this is that decorating bitch's fault? This Completely. entire movie? Completely. <laughs> Had she never done that, he never would have snapped. Maybe. I don't know. Whatever. So Axel's father's dead. So then they fight a little bit again and all of a sudden the cave starts to, what is it? Implode? Not That's not it. Cave in. There's cave in. And Axel, not Axel, uh, TJ and Sarah escape. Axel is buried in the mine. And so all these guys are running in there, running in there to go dig him out, right? They're digging and digging and digging. And she leaves and he leaves. And then all of a sudden, his arm pops out of one section. One of the miners goes, he's alive. And Sarah turns and she's like, oh my God, I have to see him. So she runs back into the mine. She runs, she gets through all these miners, past the sheriff, past the mayor, who just let her down there and they stop digging they him out. They just let her go. They just They're like, yeah, she knows what she's doing. She's right, an adult. Right. They stop digging him out and he like... <laughs> She puts her hand down there and his hand grabs her and is holding on <gasps> and she's screaming, oh my God, help me, help me. I'm like, Vince, you shouldn't have been there in the first place. But then there's this cool camera trick where it, you, it sees, it goes up his arm to the other side of his arm where he is literally sitting there cutting off his own arm. Yeah. And it, it is gross. It's gross. And it's, it's an, again, it's amazing great. effect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he cuts his arm off. She pulls it out. She's like, oh my God. And then there's a cut scene where some of the debris clears and you can see down the tunnel and he's running away crazy clearly saying will you be my bloody valentine sarah harry warden killed my father he's just crazy and he starts cackling and he runs off down the mine i'll be waiting in hell for you harry harry i'm coming this whole fucking town is going to die we're coming back you bastards <laughs> And then that's the end of this movie. Oh, so good. So much better. And then they yeah. play the uh the folk song of the story of Harry Warden and then it's yeah, the theme the credit yeah. music yeah so yeah this ending is so much better oh a million times yes like i mean overall i enjoyed i enjoy the remake i think it's fun i don't think it's reinventing the wheel i don't think it replaces the original by any means no but it's i feel like it's an enjoyable watch my boyfriend did not particularly enjoy that <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a personal problem for somebody that's not me. Right. Um, but yeah, the original is such a, the original is a classic. Yeah. It's, it's so good. Um, it's, <laughs> I mean, the, how they, how the original uses those sets is, is so fascinating because it feels so real. It is real. Like they really Because it's used not it. a set. It's, right. Yeah. Like these are real places. Yeah. Yeah. They so used the real to, town. They used everything. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Good yeah. times. I, uh. So I didn't pre-warn you of this, but if you were to do a movie night with this movie or the remake, what other, say, two movies would you pair with it? I mean, so part of me wants to stay with the holiday theme, but not stick with Valentine's Day. Oh, clever. So I would look at the calendar and be like, what's coming up next? And I'd probably pick like Leprechaun 4 in space <laughs> because it's te- that's a truly terrible movie. Yeah. And after people have had like a few drinks or vaped a little bit and gone through the, the process of 
My Bloody Valentine, they're ready for Leprechaun 4 in space. Yeah. Um, or I would even look at a little bit further ahead on the calendar, and I would look at including similar era as the original, uh, April Fool's Day. Oh, April Fool's Day. Such a good movie. Such a good movie. The acting and performance is great. Yes. Like, just similarly classic a classic of a, of that era that's just like you can't repli- you just can't replicate that kind of experience today. no totally totally if they if i had to do something modern i would i would go with um i think it was like sometime in the 2000s the movie was just called valentine yes that was on mine yeah with david and boreanaz like, yeah like wow. it's not a perfect movie but i think over i think since its release people have warmed up to it a little bit and yes can kind of see what they were trying to do with that movie to kind of strive for the My Bloody Valentine vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, would... Lepre- so yeah, Leprechaun in Space, April Fool's Day, or Valentine. Right. That's what I'd pair it with. It'd be nice, great. nice. Yeah, I was I was going to go straight Valentine's Day only, Valentine's Day party, movie marathon. And I would do, this one's weird because it doesn't seem like a movie about Valentine's Day, but Pontypool, because it starts, yeah. starts on Valentine's Day. Starts on Valentine's Day. And then Valentine with David Boreanaz, and then My Bloody Valentine, the original. That was my three. So here we and go. And like, that's such a good, yeah, that's the one to end on, too. Because yes. like, out of those three movies, My Bloody Valentine's, the original ending is so good. It is so good. Amazing. And so are the effects, even the acting, everything about it. Mm-hmm. That movie is great. Uh, yeah. So... We forgot to do this the last time we did a movie with uh, everybody. Remember Nocturna? Yeah, we did that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that movie stank. (laughs) Stink, sank, stunk. Okay, but no, so we got to do a rating of this movie and I guess of your movie. So one out of 10, and then we usually pick something from the movie as the what you're rating it. So I will technically, I guess, go first. I give My Bloody Valentine, the 1981 version, a 9 out of 10 drier bodies. How about that? (laughs) 9 out of 10 drier bodies. Yes. Okay. I would give My Bloody Valentine 3D. From 2009. From 2009. I'm going to say if 5 is truly average on this scale. Yes. I'm going to give it a 6 black bras underneath a tight white (laughs) t-shirt out of 10. Very good. Very good. Okay, well, is there anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to promote? Anything you want to call attention to? Say to the people out in podcast land, now's your time. Hi. Yeah, hi. (laughs) How are you doing? Hey, bitches. Um, (laughs) Hey, bitches. Uh, Do what you need to do to keep sane and and keep safe in the horrible, awful times that we live in. But uh, try to find some happiness when and where you can. And if you can do that with a cheesy movie or something like My Bloody Valentine, chase, you know, chase your bliss. Make it happen. Do it. Yes. Good message. <laughs> uh, they'll get all the rest of my info on the end credits that I do later. So goodbye and thank you for stopping by my layer of eternal damnation for a podcast. Well, that was my Bloody Valentine double feature with our special guest host, Sister Christopher. What better way to celebrate the 40th anniversary of My Bloody Valentine than a crazy double feature? (laughs) A non-planned double feature. And I take complete responsibility for the miscommunication, but it turned out all right in the end. (laughs) It usually does. Time for a sponsor break. This episode's sponsor is again Nailed by Jamie. If you're looking for gorgeous, one-of-a-kind, handmade, painted, and rhinestone set of nails, Designed and created by an independent queer business, then you need to get nailed by Jamie. Prices range from $20 to $40, depending on the level of glamour. There are beautiful ready-made sets in their Etsy store now, 
or you can contact and work with them to create your own custom-designed masterpiece. Reflections of Darkness listeners can get 10% off their entire purchase by using the code RODNBJ. That's R-O-D-N-B-J. <laughs> Check the Etsy store often for other sales and promotions. The more you spend, the more you save, and the more gorgeous your hands will look. Hurry over to their Etsy store now and get nailed by Jamie. See show notes for details. Speaking of Miss Jamie Debauchery, my gorgeous drag stepdaughter, the new Debauchery Trials Season 2 are starting in about a week. We have 12 new amazing contestants, so head over to Instagram to The Debauchery Trials. Follow, like, tell your friends, show support for all the contestants throughout these trials that they'll be going through. Also, don't forget to follow me in the podcast on all social medias. All information can be found in the show notes and at my website, evilqueensf.com. Oh yeah, keep watching scary movies. Wait, wait, wait. You what? said this movie is from 1981? Yeah. I thought we were watching the remake. No, I told you the regular one. I said I called dibs on the remake. I just watched the remake. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I know, because I... What are you doing to me? was a in a place known as a legend began, every woman and man would always remember the time. And those who remained were never the same. You could see the fear in their eyes. Once every year, as the 14th draws near, there's a hush all over the town. Or the legend they say on a Valentine's Day is a curse that'll live on and on. No one will know as the years come and go of the horror from long time ago. Twenty years came and went, and everyone spent the 14th in quiet regret. And those still alive know the secret survives in the darkness that looms in the night. Oh, the legend they say on a Valentine's Day is a curse that'll live on and on. And no one will know as the years come and go of the horror from long time ago. In this little town, when the 14th comes round, there's a silence and fear in the air. Remember the morn that the legend was born, all the shock and the horror was there. For the legend they say on a Valentine's Day is a curse that'll live on and on. And no one will know as the years come and go of the horror from long time ago. And no one will know as the years come and go of the horror from long time ago.